Hey folks, just a quick little word here. Uh, this Solar Brother podcast has been a blessing to me, uh, maybe to you, hopefully, but it's been a blessing to me because it makes me study. And with that being the case, I will let you all know that I will only be doing this uh, actual podcast once a month because of the amount of study it takes. I want to make sure that it's correct. So I'll do it once a month. I'll do cross podcasts and things of that nature. Uh, but once a month, I'll be coming out with a Solar Brother podcast. So this next podcast is uh, actually something that I recorded uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago, actually almost a month ago at this point. So that's kind of how I'm going to be doing it. But to make sure that I'm coming to you scripturally and accurately, uh, I don't have the time to do a, a full research uh, at, you know, just at, at a whim. You know, I have a life, I have a job and all those things. But this is important enough that I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it well. So sorry if you were looking for it every week. Obviously, you took saw, saw took some time off, but uh, it was definitely for a purpose. And the Truth Talks podcast is my main podcast. That one is a little easier to do because I don't do as much uh, preparation for that one because Matt is the one that has prepped his whole life for it, basically. But here we go. Uh, I'm going to give you all this one and then I'm going to come back uh, in February. All right. Take care. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, through scripture alone, to the glory of God alone, this Solar Brother is not alone. Welcome back, everyone, to the Solar Brother podcast. I am your Solar Brother and host, Buddy Boone. I want to continue on the path that I was uh, last week and kind of go through a few things with you. Um, We talked a little about the inerrancy of scripture. Uh, I've read to you Psalm 19 and Psalm 119, but I would like to also explain something that is crucial in understanding the Bible. The Bible is the only book that teaches that it is true because it is the Bible. You will hear references to people using the word Bible, saying it's their manual, like you're at a job training and they say, uh, while you're here and in this training class, this is your Bible. And it's looked more as a manual. Um, the Bible is, uh, in, in a lot of cases, looked to as a manual more than a word of God. I will also point out a few things about the Bible itself. It is the most read book of all time. And you probably heard that before, but I will say that it is also uh, the most misused and misunderstood book in the world as well. Uh, if that many people understood the text, if the Bible being the most read and most printed book of all time and that many people read and understood his text wouldn't you think that the world would look a little different now wouldn't we all believe the same thing and not something different well there are a few factors that go into that one is the bible is is not understood and it's because it's not properly taught Uh, there are pastors that claim the bible is not inerrant Uh, there's uh, one pastor i was pointed to that had three views of inerrancy that there were three different views of inerrancy uh, that they, they people teach that there are flaws in the Holy Scriptures. Uh, you know who else claims that there are flaws in the Holy Scripture? Uh, a few cults like the Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses. Uh, thus, those two organizations have their own Bibles or their own books uh, that are the main literature, and the Bible is the complement of their own version of the Bible. Uh, the Mormons have the books called the Pearl of Great Price, uh, the Doctrine of Covenants, and then they have the Book of Mormon. 
uh, I was, uh, I call it privileged to have two Mormons come by my house and I mentioned the Bible and they said, oh, there, there's some, there's some faults in that book as well. And I'm like, oh, uh, so I guess you don't believe in the Bible. And they don't, they, they, this, these two individuals did not believe in the Bible. Uh, these books that they use are the main sources of the, their, their teaching. And then the Bible is kind of like the complement to that. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses have the New World Translation, uh, which they make changes to it. Uh, one, they made changes to the scripture uh, within it. But then as time goes on, their, quote, prophets uh, hear from God and then they change it according uh, to that. So there are different versions. So literally you could go if you could go and purchase a version of their Bible. Um, it would be different from the one that maybe your grandma had. Uh, my grandma had a, a version of the New World Translation, uh, but she was, uh, from what I understand, more or less uh, having a conversation with the Jehovah Witness persons that would come by and try to talk them away from uh, that whole, uh, I call it a cult, or that following. Um, here's the thing. Um, they feed into the notion that something needed to be changed in the Bible that was not enough or it is not sufficient. Sufficiency is the real problem in a lot of these cases. It is the case with these cults, but have you ever considered that this is the case with your particular church? That is, that is not taking scripture as the main course. Uh, your, your church may not be taking scripture as the main course or the main focus of the church body. They are looking into what the pastor says uh, is their Bible. And I put the B in small, uh, a small B in that Bible there. Uh, are they looking to the pastors as the main course? What the pastors say, are they looking at that as the main thing? And here's the reality. And, and this hits home for me because I attended a church like that, um, that this church had the majority of the people, they follow the doctrines of the pastor more than they follow the doctrines of scripture. Uh, it was a matter of what the pastor said and not a matter of what the scripture says. Now I will admit that there are a few things that these pastors got right. Uh, but there was always this underlying thing theme of, of you have more power than you think. Um, and that was just the surface of the water, but what pulled people down and what made them, literally in a lot of cases go away from the scriptures is the teachings that the te the pe uh, pastors would preach. And it says you have the power. Uh, specifically, I remember one time where uh, this pastor was a uh, particular pastor was preaching out of Isaiah and uh, uh, the book of Isaiah, I want to say uh, chapter 55 um, of Isaiah. And I'll, I'll actually read that for you. So I'm not, uh, you don't think I'm selling you any wolf tickets because I definitely don't want to do that to you all. Um, but in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, um, it says this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion um, on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Great scripture. A lot of people have heard that before. Isaiah 55, 6. Uh, but verse eight says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher uh, than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And 
what that particular pastor was actually arguing is something very scary. He was arguing that the um, the the person that he was saying, you know, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways, my ways declares the Lord. He took that back to verse seven and said, let the wicked forsake his way. So he was saying that when he's when the Bible says my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways, my ways. He was actually talking to the wicked man. So I looked at that and I said, hmm. So that means that and then this is what he preached. My your thoughts are God's thoughts. Your ways are God's ways. And I was like, huh. Uh, I'm not sure that that's what the scripture actually says, but that is the you have the power theme that I'm talking about. That was that deep water that uh, people had no problem diving into uh, with them. Uh, there were a lot of self-help books. Uh, we read through the purpose driven life. Um, scripture, self-help were the main course and the encouragement of the pastor was with a side of you are to give to the pastor and you will bless. I will bless those who bless me is what served every week on Sunday and Wednesday. So there were the, that was the main course of what the pastor preached and then the side uh, of, hey, you know, you need to make sure that you give to the pastor. Uh, I will bless those who bless me. That's kind of like the the, the the side dish that was served every week, uh, Sunday and Wednesday, uh, Bible studies. Uh, the big question is, where does scripture fall into all of this? How can one have a congregation of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and still preach and teach false doctrines and give a sense of uh, security around these these uh, false doctrines. Well, here's, here's, here's the thing. The answer really is simple. And this is what the modern church looks like. The modern church is filled with pastors that are unqualified. That's the first point. The second point is the modern church is filled with pastors that are unqualified that teach a false doctrine of their own making contrary to the teachings of scripture. And that agrees with the cultures they are surrounded by. That's a huge point. And I'm going to just let you kind of think that through. And I'm going to give you the next one. The modern church is filled with pastors who use music, events, ministries, customs, and pride in oneself as a means of sanctification rather than sound preaching. Ooh, that's a heavy one, too. And the last one, uh, lastly, the modern church is filled with parishioners that do not study or read the Bible on a daily basis and rely solely on the pastors and ministers in the church to provide their diet of scripture, uh, which in a lot of cases is a false doctrine. And thus they do not go to a church that teaches sound doctrine and are susceptible to the false teachings of the above mentioned pastors who are unqualified. Now here's the thing. Many people uh, today think that the church they go to is a sound church. Instead of thinking, instead of thinking through things, if, if they read the scripture and compared the scripture to what their pastor said and and really thought through or meditated on the scripture like Psalm 1 says to do, they would have more questions. Now, I, I know my pastor is, sound, is a sound teacher uh, of biblical doctrine. Why? Because I compare what he says to what the scripture says, and that's really why I attend that church, and it is okay for my family to attend the church. And squirrel moment, I call them squirrel moments because I'm going out on a limb and I'm like a dog that sees a squirrel, and I got to pay attention to that squirrel. This is a squirrel moment, what I call it. Uh, as the husband and father, uh, I have a responsibility and a duty to make sure that I have my family uh, 
uh, under sound teaching. And uh, this is something that is neglected a lot uh, today uh, because people kind of, you know, just just go to a church. But I feel that or I know that as a husband and a father, uh, that is my duty to make sure. And I know this. That is my duty to make sure that my family is in a a sound church that teaches sound doctrine. Um, Now, here's the thing. My pastor forgets more than I'll ever know, but I have the same book he's teaching from. So if something contradicts, contradicts, I should have a question about it and I should be able to go to him or one of the elders to get an answer. So many pastors nowadays tell you something that is in the Bible But here's my question for you. When was the last time you decided that you are going to go and search it out for yourself in Scripture? Uh, Looking at not just the teaching the pastor gave you, but also looking at the context of what that Scripture says. Uh, I just gave you an example of that, that other pastor that I had uh, uh, going and teaching out of Isaiah 55. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you actually looked at that? And take it a step further, not just going and looking at the context and meditating on the scriptures, uh, but also taking it a step further and getting a second opinion, finding another pastor and listening to that sermon on the same scripture. Uh, There are plenty of resources online, but uh, of other pastors and plenty of sermons, but I will, I will pause you and and I will give you a caution. Uh, let me introduce you to something to you. If a pastor is preaching topically all the time, uh, so today's topic is this, today's topic is this, um, you may want to take a step back. There are many topics you can teach from in the Bible, but wouldn't it make sense that since it is a book that you go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, uh, rather than picking a piece of this and a piece of that here and there, most people I know don't read books from the middle of the end. Wouldn't it be more beneficial to a church if a qualified pastor explained the book of the Bible from beginning to end and showed how that particular book of the Bible fit into the big picture uh, of how the Bible interprets itself and how the Bible is reliable because it's God's word and not man's? I mean, it just makes sense, right, that, you know, a pastor would not just teach from, uh, you know, just just like, oh, well, here's a topic that I'm going to teach about. No, I mean, if there was something uh, some type of, of, of event that was happening like Christmas, you know, Christmas is a good time. You know, this is, you know, this is being released on the 18th of December. Um, but you know, this is a week away from Christmas. So I would almost imagine that pastors, uh, would be jumping at the chance to preach about Christmas. Absolutely. It's the season, uh, for that. Um, but you have to also preach from a scripture, like an actual scripture, instead of taking a topic and then having all those scriptures fit into that topic. That is where you can get to uh, twisting scripture and making it fit into your mold versus versus having your preaching fit into the mold of scripture. Another squirrel moment. I'm sorry. Back to what I was saying. Here's the thing. The modern church is, 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 uh, is okay. Let me let me go back a little bit. I'm gonna stop here. Instead of me going into a whole, you know, I, I could go on and on about those topics, but I'm gonna stop right here. I like to keep these short, uh, but I'm gonna take some time and I'm gonna explain these points I made a couple minutes ago. Next time, and let me reiterate the points. The modern church is filled with pastors that are unqualified. Uh, the second is the modern church is filled with pastors that are unqualified that teach a false doctrine of their own making, contrary to the teachings of Scripture, 
and that agrees with the cultures that they are surrounded by rather than scripture. Excuse me, the modern church is filled with pastors who use music, events, ministries, customs, and pride in oneself as the means of sanctifications rather than sound teaching and sound preaching. And lastly, the modern church is filled with parishioners that do not study or read the Bible on a daily basis. They rely solely on the pastors and the ministers in the church to provide their diet of scripture, which in a lot of cases is a false doctrine. And thus, they do not go to a church that teaches sound doctrine and are susceptible to the false teachings of above-mentioned pastors pastors who are unqualified. And uh, we'll explore those next time. Like I said, I like to keep it short. Um, but I want to leave you with a quote from one of my favorite uh, teachers uh, or preachers. His name is Dr. Vody Bakum, um, and it's about the Bible. Uh, if you go online, he has preached this sermon many times in many different ways. Uh, but I'm going to link my favorite one in the uh, description of this podcast. And the reason why is because I like this version. Uh, the reason why I like this version is because it's short. And uh, he gets to the point very quickly, and it's actually really good. Uh, but here's the quote, why he believes the Bible. I choose to believe the Bible because it's a reliable collection of historical documents written down by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report to us supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies and claim that their writings are divine rather than human in origin. I'm going to read that again. I choose to believe the Bible because it is a reliable collection of historical documents written down by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report to us supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies, and they claim that their writings are divine rather than human in origin. Until next time, love, peace, and soul love. Soul love, brother.